0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's a joy to be with you. Uh, Donna and I had the, the, my wife Donna over here to my left and your right. We had the joy of being with you uh, last October for a, a worship service. And uh, it's always nice to be here. We've been here on occasion through the years. Uh, I grew up in Fort Kent, and so I like it here in the deep south. <laughs> But I grew up in Fort Kent and then uh, went to uh, college and eventually seminary, Gordon Conwell Seminary uh, in northeast, uh, in the north shore of Massachusetts. And then had the opportunity to go back and and serve a little congregational church in Fort Kent for another 13 years. And Donna was with me that time and she enjoyed it. Donna's from Springfield Mass. But just love to to bring you greetings this morning from our brothers and sisters uh, throughout the four seas, uh, statewide and even nationwide. And just to let you know, uh, Pastor Blake and, and, and uh, Jacob are going to be coming to join us for a main 4C fellowship time on the 30th of October, Saturday morning, over at our church in Pittston, just uh, six or seven miles southeast of Augusta. We'll be gathering uh, just for light, uh, light refreshments from 8:30 to 9, and then some worship time for the next half hour or so, and then interacting with other churches, uh, uh, Pastor Terry Shanahan, who's our New England uh, regional pastor serving uh, all the states here in New England, will be with us that day. And uh, matter of fact, uh, Pastor Blake and and Jacob are going to be presenting the the, the wonderful ministry that the the two of them share together with all of you in terms of the internship program. And the the rest of our 4C churches uh, here in Maine are looking forward to hearing some of the uh, wonderful things about that. After serving those, uh, that church in Fort Kent for 13 years, had the, the wonderful opportunity and privilege of serving our 4C church in North Chelmsford, Massachusetts, just outside of Lowell for 24 years. But last year, uh, both Don and I retired from our full-time work and serving here in this capacity here in Maine now as the 4C area pastor and uh, available to, to come around and, and just meet folks like you. And it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, thrill to be able to do that here this morning, among other times. Is uh, Scott and Marilyn here this morning? Our friend Scott and Marilyn Cleveland, some of you might have known them. Uh, Scott pastored one of our 4C churches uh, at the time in Brewer, and he and uh, Marilyn live in Brooklyn over across the the water, and they were hoping to join us this morning. Maybe they'll have a chance to still hop in, and uh, we're looking forward to connecting with them. I was hoping to introduce them here this morning as well. So those are some of the things that I have the great uh, honor of living with my mom, heard uh, someone praying. So glad to hear about your mom. And I'll have a few more things to say, praying for, for your dad. Uh, so we want to be considering uh, those who who are elder among us and, uh, and their spiritual needs, uh, so many. But uh, it was a joy for us to be able to uh, have the wedding service for our younger son, Joey, in our backyard there in Rockland uh, a week ago Saturday. And what a delight to be able to share the good news of Jesus in a, in a wedding setting. Uh, we've not really met anybody from Andrea's family to this point. Our, our son Joey's a firefighter in Wakefield, New Hampshire, and the rest of her family are further north in New Hampshire. But it sure was fun to, to be able to gather together. God was so kind in giving us a, a wonderful Saturday a, a week ago, as you might recall. And uh, so, Joey's a family, and uh, we'll have a chance to talk a little bit more about that as we go. But I'd like to read now. From Proverbs chapter 4 verses 1 to 13 if you'd like to follow along in your Pew Bibles with me. <clears throat> Inspired by, by the Holy Spirit, we come across these words here in Hebrews, uh, in uh, Proverbs chapter 4. little subtitle here, A Father's Wise Instruction. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. Be attentive, that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and he said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place you on your your head, a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Let's pray together. Oh, father, we thank you for these words of wise instruction from a father to his child. His children, probably, as, as it expanded. Lord, we're so grateful for you, our Heavenly Father, for who you are. And for giving us your only son, Jesus. For he is the personification of what is described here, of wisdom. And it's through him we come to know you. It's through him that we can be saved. It's through his blood shed on the cross that we can see you as our Heavenly Father, know you as our Heavenly Father, love you as our Heavenly Father, serve you as our Heavenly Father. And we're so grateful for what Jesus has done for us. So help us, Father, to consider words such as these from the book of Psalms, these words from Proverbs that I trust by your spirit will touch our hearts and encourage us in your ways and enable us to, to live in ways that would honor you and please you and that these things would spill over to family members and friends and people at work wherever we are. Enable us to be your people and point others your way. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Don and I have already appreciated your, your music ministry uh, here in this place today. And songs can be so powerful, can't they? I wonder if the lyrics to this particular song were written with a father's heart for his kids in mind. Because these words are a fantastic tribute to our Heavenly Father. No doubt some of you are probably already aware of these lyrics. The words put together by Anthony Brown and Joseph Barrett and sung by Chris Tomlin. The title is "Good Good Father." I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the whisper, uh, the tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased, and that I'm never alone. You're a good good father. Is who you are. Is who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide. But I know we're all searching for answers only you provide. Because you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. Is who I am. It's who I am. Is who I am. Because you're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, is love so undeniable? I can hardly speak. Is peace so unexplainable? I can hardly think. And as you call me deeper still, as you call me deeper still, As you call me deeper still into your love, love, love. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. A powerful song indeed. And one of the last times I heard it was when it was played at my dad's memorial service four years ago this month. It was a doubly deep tug on my heart that day. Words about a loving and perfect heavenly father who provided me with a caring and very, very good, not perfect, because none of us are, are we? We need Jesus. But a very, very good earthly father. He's a great dad, a great grandfather to our kids. Great, great grandfather for the short time that was. He was a principal, high school principal up in Aroostook County for 22 years. I, as I mentioned, grew up, I grew up there and, and then uh, went down to Rockland to take on the principal's position there for a couple years. And uh, he was hoping to change some things. It was, it was a difficult time those, uh, those, those years in the early 70s. And uh, wanted to turn some things around down there because my dad grew up in Camden, my mom in Rockport. So that was kind of home. Each had a parent still living, so they thought it would be a good time to head back down to the mid-coast. And... Uh, after a couple of years, he, he just said, uh, folks uh, to the school board and so the other leaders, he said, if you don't want to support me in, in bringing about some changes I think you need, you probably ought to be starting to look for somebody else. So he resigned, and then somebody talked him into running for the school board, and he became the chairman of the school board for the next nine years to try to change things from the other side of the desk, I guess. And uh, and that song, my, my sister picked out. My sister's a, a wonderful believer, and she, she picked that out uh, For for that that particular service. And I had the honor of of leading that. service. I I didn't know if I'd be able to do that. But I'll share in a minute how, how that was able to come about. But if the lyrics of that song have ever grabbed you. Or maybe just now even as I read them. Like it grabbed me. I've got 150 more songs. 150 more sets of powerful lyrics. That I want to recommend to you today. And unlike this song sung by Chris Tomlin. These particular 150 songs are all inspired by the Holy Spirit. These 150 songs are already at the tips of our fingers. (laughs) And my hope is that as we hear them again and again, I hope, that they'll be on the tip of our tongues as well. And of course, these 150 powerful songs are all found right here in the Old Testament book of Psalms. Essentially meaning the book of Songs. And all these songs, too, one way or the other, will tug at the heart. Perhaps things of joy, perhaps things of, of challenge, perhaps things of, of conviction. But they will tug at the heart as we turn our attention to them. They run the course of all human emotion. And as I heard someone, uh, I think it was Jacob, uh, challenge all of you to, to ongoing prayer in your uh, in part of your daily prayer uh, time with the Lord, to to be praying for one another here in the congregation. And I'm sure probably many of you are engaged in in, uh, Bible reading on a daily basis. I trust that you are. But I would encourage you, if you haven't uh, gotten to a good daily routine, please, this is a wonderful place to start, right here. Maybe one of the Gospels to start. And then tie it in with uh, these uh, these songs of, of all the Psalms we're going to hear songs of praise and thanks as we look to the Psalms. We're going to hear songs of desperation and despair. We'll hear songs of messianic prophecy and promise. We're going to hear songs of confession and contrition. We're going to hear songs here about the history of God's help for his people. And we'll get to listen in on the longest song of the whole set, a song about the wonders of the whole of God's word. The Bible from beginning to end. Psalm 119, all but four of the 176 verses speak about some aspect of God's word, God's promises, God's commands. Just an amazing psalm, one after the other, after the other, after the other, about the power of God's word. All of these songs, all of these psalms, in one way or another, reflect the love and the care of our Heavenly Father for us, his children. And almost half of them, as we know from scripture, were put to paper by King David who had a heart for his own children as well. And of the 50 or so Psalms without a, a listed author, my guess is that most of those as well were written by King David, for the Bible describes him in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1, as Israel's beloved singer of songs. Not a bad title for someone, is it? Israel's beloved singer of songs, King David. Take, for example, some of the lyrics of Psalm 103. Psalm 103. These lyrics are wonderfully descriptive of the attributes of a good, good father. A perfect, heavenly father. And among the verses are these. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost spirit. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all of his benefits. Just think of all the benefits of a loving, caring, good, and perfect heavenly father. On behalf of his kids. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is compassionate uh, compassionate and gracious. Slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Wow. That verse alone. Because he sent his only son, Jesus, to take the punishment that our sins did deserve. Or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. For as the Father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. I was moved just a little while ago in our prayer time about your mom coming to to the Lord. About your dad praying for his first soul, for his salvation. Because my dad through his years, a great guy, upstanding guy in the community, just a lot of fun, wasn't he, Donna? (laughs) First time she met him. She was pouring a glass of milk for him down, down in Rockland, and he says, I'll say when. She okay, so she starts pouring and pouring, and it's getting close, right up to the, she should have poured it right on his head, probably, what she should have done, had, had she known him as, as well as she does now. <laughs> but, uh, but he just kind of, he was, he was baptized at, at about 12 years old at a, at a Baptist church in Camden. And then, uh, following that, he just never, never went anymore. And through his growing up years, he, he, was on the golf course just about every Sunday morning, Saturday morning, late Monday afternoon, late Tuesday afternoon, late Wednesday afternoon, late Thursday afternoon. He kind of liked golf. We'll, we'll put it that way. But uh, and I, I remember when I was about, um, when I was a senior in high, uh, senior in college, I'd come to Christ uh, early in my freshman year in college, and and Don and I met and I, last. 10 weeks of my senior year, but it was through the campus fellowship program that Donna just began going to, and God was gracious. He let me get my work done before I met her. But, uh, but I remember on that Father's Day uh, of that senior year, I wrote my dad a long letter just describing what Jesus had done for me, just things of faith, uh, things from the Word. And, you know, he never responded uh, that I know of uh, to that. I, I was kind of hoping he might respond. We'd given him some books through the years, given him Bibles, and just kind of great guy, but just kind of hands off on, on spiritual things, keeping things close to the vest, I guess. I I just didn't sense he knew the Lord. And uh, we had a wonderful 65th wedding anniversary for them, a surprise one. It, it caught my mom and dad totally by surprise, uh, just four years and a month ago. And less than four weeks later, he was down at Maine Medical Center with uh, very serious heart issues and came back to Rockland hoping to be okay for a while. But had to go right into hospice care. There's a a hospice house right off uh, Penn Bay Medical Center there in Rockland, if you're familiar with the area. And I've been praying for my dad on a daily daily basis ever since I came to Christ and just praying that one day uh, that that he would turn. And and I remember visiting with him. Uh, He passed away on on a Friday, I believe, and and it was probably on a Monday. I I read Psalm 103 to him and, and just shared that. And then a couple of days later, I was staying overnight with him a couple of nights. And on one particular, I think it was early that Thursday morning, we both were kind of awake early. And the nurses were leaving us alone and and I just sent the uh, sense the prompting of the Lord to, to share more things about the Lord with my dad. And just kind of big. I said, Dad, you remember, you know, back when you were a kid and going to Sunday school, you remember those story, stories of Adam and Eve and he kind of grinned and, and shook his head. And he was still able to communicate a little bit with me. And uh and I, I just shared how, how sin entered the world and, and, uh, and talked about how, you know, even in Genesis chapter 3, that the gospel message is right there, that, that one day a Savior would come. And I said, Dad, the very person they're talking about back there in the Adam and Eve story was Jesus. And he came to die for us. He came to give his life for us so that our sins could be forgiven, that we could be with him forever. And, and, uh, and I said, you know, Dad, I, I just wanted to tell you, as I was sharing these things, how much I've respected you all through life. You were a great principal. You were a great dad, great grandfather. And, and he says, I just look up to you so much. And he just kind of went, says, I look up to you. I, I mean, talk about a father-son moment. Just give and take right there. Just so powerful. And I said, Dad, you know, would you like to to pray with me even now? To ask Jesus into your heart. And we talked, and, and he said yes. And and by God's wonderful grace, he, he did. And just a, a day or two later, he He went home to to glory, I trust, because all the the prayers for him through the years, all the things that he maybe learned in Sunday school, all just kind of came back, I think, to him. The the Holy Spirit was able to pull those things together for him. And just so so very grateful, much like I sense maybe something with with your mom here in recent days. And uh, just so grateful for the power of those words and uh, all of God's word, of course, but uh, he does not treat us as our sins deserve Boy, our our sins deserve us never being able to to see a glimpse of glory ever again. Never being able to enter heaven. But because of what Jesus has done, we can by our faith and trust in him. So what a great psalm. What a great song about our loving, kind, merciful, uh, forgiving, compassionate, and gracious Heavenly Father. And David here in the psalm compares God the Father's love for his children to human father's natural compassion for his children. And David knows a bit of what he's talking about here, doesn't he? For he had 19 sons by his 6 wives. Only one daughter is mentioned by name, but with the law of averages, surely he probably had some other daughters as well. And these numbers don't count the several more children he had by concubines mentioned in 1st Chronicles chapter 3 verse 9. And no David wasn't perfect, but he was a man after God's own heart. And the Bible explicitly describes him this way. And surely David had a heart for his kids. See, so many uh, kids here this morning, it's, it's fantastic to see. And I know you've got hearts for, for this generation that's growing and coming along. And how do we know that David had such a heart for his kids? Well, we, do, we know this by eavesdropping in a bit on one of the heart-to-heart talks that one of his own sons had later in turn with his children. As we read from Proverbs chapter 4 earlier in the service, Listen again to David's son, Solomon, as he reaches out to his kids a generation later. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not, forget, uh, do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, speaking of King David, his, his earthly father, Solomon's dad, still tender, Solomon writes, and an only child of my mother, He taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or or swerve from them. Surely, with a father's natural love and concern, David reached out to all his many children in such a way. He wanted God's very best for each one of them, I'm sure. Just like we want God's very best for each of our kids and each of our grandkids. And I'll bet my bottom dollar that he took time to sing them some of his many songs, night after night after night, probably at home, about the good, good Heavenly Father. For he knew that all of his kids would face major decisions in life. Would they decide to live life God's way? Or would they decide to live life according to the wrong ways of the evil world around them? We don't know for sure if David wrote Psalm 1, Psalm 1 or Psalm 1, But my educated guess is is he may very well have done so. And my good sense is that that he likely sang it to each of his kids at a tender young age, desiring to influence their future lives. It was a song of both encouragement, but also a song of warning. So here's a bedtime song from a father's heart, wanting above all else that his kids would choose to walk in God's ways. And he writes, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers, but not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the day of judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. What a somber warning on one hand, but yet what a wonderful promise on the other. For those choosing the Lord and his provision of salvation, ultimately through his son Jesus. Talk about a powerful song in and of itself, Psalm 1. For David wanted his kids to know the difference between right and wrong and then to choose the right. And these words were not merely helpful words from a human father's heart for his kids. They were actually words inspired by the Holy Spirit for all of God's children, all the people he's brought into the world through human history that have put their faith and trust in him. And how did this godly song of advice, how was this accepted by some of David's kids? Well, to tell you the truth from Scripture, It's not a pretty picture in some instances. Amnon, his older son, rebelled instead, forced himself upon his sister, as the scripture tells us, and eventually died in shame. A son named Absalom, handsome, winning the hearts of many in the kingdom. But he, too, staged essentially a coup d'etat and tried to take over his father's throne, David's throne. David and, and his closest advisors and family had to flee Jerusalem. As Absalom tried to take over. But eventually Absalom was killed in the war that ensued. A son named Abijah. His heart was hard as well. And from all indications remained so. As David tried to, as Solomon tried to pass on, excuse me, David tried to pass on key things about the Lord to all of his kids. But Solomon at that young age had a soft and receptive heart. He eventually became king, as was told to David by the Lord, that Solomon would be the one to come to the throne next. And Solomon was willing to pass on this good news to his kids, too, as we read right here in Proverbs 4. Well, most dads are are called to pass on good words of advice to their kids that they learn from their dads. And one piece of advice my dad uh, gave to me came in the form of a poem, in a sense, a song. And my kids heard it from dad's lips as well. And I'll be glad to give them a reminder from time to time because it went like this. As you go along in life, whatever be your goal, keep your eye upon the donut and not upon the hole. Well, after all, he was a son and grandson of great bakers in Camden. (laughs) My dad's grandfather owned and operated Burkett Brothers Bakery. I can't say that fast. But indeed he was. And then my, my dad's dad, my grandfather, Kip, was a chef on a yacht that went from Camden down to, to Miami area every summer, back and forth. My dad didn't get those jeans, and as Donna can attest, I didn't either. <laughs> I think I survived a year after, we, after I graduated from college. I loved the cafeteria because I didn't have to cook. And I think for that next year I survived on hot dogs and fish sticks and spaghetti. That's about it. So the Lord used Donna to rescue me in more ways than one. But anyway, yes, these little songs of human wisdom from our earthly fathers are fun to pass along uh, to our kids and our grandkids. But how much more valuable is it for us dads to pass along our Heavenly Father's perfect love, wisdom, encouragement, warning, and challenge to our kids so that they, in turn, will pass these things on to their kids? For the whole of God's Word is vital, to be sure. But these 150 songs found in the book of Psalms pack an especially powerful punch. For there's just something about how songs are put together. They tug at the heartstrings just so. That linger in the mind and soul of those who hear them long after they're sung. For truly we have a good, good heavenly father who wants the best for all his kids, for all who put faith and trust in his son Jesus. And he often sets his love for us in songs as we receive them here in the book of Psalms. And as I and as I hope you will see, in these songs, these psalms, they're all prayers written to music, to meter of some kind or another. They are prayers sung on behalf of David's kids, on behalf of all of us as God's kids created in his image. Listen to one more powerful bedtime prayer, bedtime song for his kids, for all of us as God's children, having put faith in Christ. That David in Psalm thirty four sings for his children. Taste and see that the Lord is good. What a way to start. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you as saints. For those who fear him, who honor him, who love him, who obey him. These lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord, David writes and sings, lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. How important that is. uh, Just the opportunity to, to know him for who he is, to bow before him in his strength, his power, his wisdom. Come, my children, listen to me, and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and who desires to see many good days, keep your tongues from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace, he writes and sings, God's kind of peace, and pursue it. So the book of Psalms, words about a good, good Heavenly Father, sung for us, given to us. May we take them to heart today and always. I challenge us all to keep reading them one after the other, on a regular basis. Amen. Before we prepare, Continue to prepare our hearts for communion service. Let's pray right now. Oh, Father, we thank you so much for for who you are. You're an amazing God. Father, we bow before you in thanks and praise. Fathers, we've put our faith and trust in your son Jesus. Our hearts will indeed resonate with all these songs from the scriptures put forth by David and some of the other authors in the book of Psalms. Lord, they do uh, truly tug at our hearts. They they cause us to, to stop and think. They challenge us to either walk in your ways or, or to turn away. And, and Father, it's our desire by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our midst that you will cause us to want to walk in your ways and to share your ways with others, to pass along these songs, these truths, these uh, these gospel nuggets all throughout Scripture to our kids and to our grandkids. Help us, Father, to continue to lay these before them. So that they too, uh, we trust, would would one day turn their hearts to you. Whether early in life, or like our sister here this morning testifying about her mom late in life, my dad late in life. But Lord, you have just the right time for every single individual that you've created. And we're praying, Lord, that even now, uh, in in our presence here this morning, that you would be at work in special ways. Perhaps touching a young heart here, perhaps touching an older heart here, to... To seek you through the through the saving and cleansing blood of your son, Jesus. And then being able to live for you, to love you, obey you, serve you. And to be able to pass on these wonderful things to those who come after us. Our physical children, our spiritual children. uh, The people we work with, the people who uh, live next door to us. Lord, we're just uh, asking you to to lead us and guide us in these things. And we thank you now for uh, the opportunity to come to your table. And we rejoice, Lord, at being able to celebrate uh, the broken body, the, the shed blood of your son, Jesus, as we remain together here in these final moments of the service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.